doing it no more. I'm just not. And when I looked at what I was, when I looked at the cost of that, the salary that I was making, although it was a six-figure salary, I came home and told my husband, we talk about it a lot. If I gave this level of energy to my companies, if I gave this level of energy to my own clients or the people that I serve in my own businesses, I could make more than this money I'm making here and have to give less of myself. This week's episode is sponsored by SheHub.TV. Log on to www.SheHub.TV for engaging content dedicated to women. Also check out their quarterly magazine available in print and both app stores. SheHub TV for the fearless female. You are listening to Choosing Her Hustle with your host, Letitia Francis. This is a podcast for black women looking to turn their side hustles full time. Each week, I'm going to bring you interviews from women who have successfully transitioned from side hustler to full-time entrepreneur. They will be sharing their journeys, the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the lessons learned along the way in hopes to inspire you to choose your hustle. Let's get this conversation started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Choosing Her Hustle. This week, I'm super excited about this conversation. I had an opportunity before this amazing lady got on the call to have a conversation, and I know what she's about to bring to you listeners is going to be fire. So why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. I'm Tiara Abu. I am the CEO and founder of two companies. One, She Can Work School for Women, where we offer online um, classes for women to learn how to save, make, and invest more money. Um, So shecanwork.org is a place where you can learn all about money. And then I'm also the CEO and founder of Lead With People, um, which is a coaching and professional learning um, company where I teach high-performing junior and senior executive Black women how to outperform others while also maintaining a ton, ton, ton of self-love for yourself. Um, And so I'm super excited to be here. I am the mother, very proud mother of two boys. At the time of this recording, Aiden and Micah are respectively 12 and nine, and they are all of the things in my life that is chaos and mess and dirty, and they take me out of my comfort zone every single minute of every single day. And I'm also the proud wife of Austin Abu, who is my best, best, best friend and has been for more than 20 years. So that is me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, This is, this podcast is a blessing and will be a blessing to so many Black women. Um, This is, it is liberating just to even have this conversation. So I'm excited to jump in. You actually gave me goosebumps when you said that because, you know, as I shared with you at the beginning, this is something that has been like a burning desire in my belly. And I'm honestly just being obedient in this moment. So as you said in your your message, let's make her story. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Every minute women come together to move forward and we hold hands doing that, we are making history. And so long, what we have been doing is falling in the shadow of men 
and falling in the shadow of dominant culture. Um, doesn't matter what countries we come from, dominant um, white culture is what we've always um, found ourselves falling in the shadow of. And so this is a moment, girl. Like This is a true moment for us. And we are about to make her story. We are going to remove this idea that only men can make the world change because it's just not true. I am with you 100%. One of my favorite quotes that I actually close out this show is to walk as if every step you take is about to create an avalanche because you're here to change the world, right? So it's something that we definitely need to keep in the forefront of our minds. So you were a deputy chief in a school system in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. now you're running two companies. How do we get from deputy chief <laughs> to full-time entrepreneur? Like I had to let out a sigh for this one. Um, I, I am here today because I had to overcome what for me was anti-self-love. It was me prioritizing other people more than I prioritize myself. I was living a life every day where I was being promoted um, every year. There was a point in my life for like five or six years where I was promoted almost every year, um, but not feeling joy with every one of those promotions because I wasn't able to come to work and be my whole self. Like I'm a pretty authentic person. So I'm going to show up and I'm going to be my loud self. I'm going to be my opinionated self. I'm going to be my like, keep it real self. I'm happy to share my story. I'm happy to like share my journey with people because I know the power of your story. But I also was like, I can't be my full, full self because I also don't believe that you have to work more than 40 hours a week and grind every single day. I just didn't believe I needed to be working every single hour to be a high, every single hour of my life to be a high performer. I did. I'd like I disagree so often with the like idea that unless you were like over committing, overdoing, high achieving every second, you actually were then a failure. Like if that just wasn't your reality. Um, And I also watched, just to be honest, I watched Black women all around me for years, not just be unhealthy or not take care of themselves, but I was watching us kill ourselves. I was sitting in a, I can tell you the moment, and this is like one of the first times I ever shared this story. The moment where I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) I was sitting in a conference room full of other deputy chiefs and senior leaders. And I looked around and it was a room full of women I highly, highly respected. Um, But in this instance, um, this is not always true, but it it was ringing true in my life at the time. I looked around and there was a mixture of white women and black women. We were an all-female team. And I literally (laughs) looked at us and each of the white women on that team, they left work every day to like close their rings on their Apple watches. They were talking about doing and running 5Ks and half marathons. They were talking about picking up their kids and like going to the park and going to swim meets. But literally at the same time, the black women who were sitting there who were very high achieving, some of the most successful black women I've ever met leading our entire organization. And they had just got discharged from the hospital. I was like newly diagnosed with autoimmunity and had missed a large chunk of work. 
I had another, like a person I really respected sitting at the table who was like, absolutely struggling with her own health battles. And then the other person had been through multiple surgeries and still now record, uh, recovered. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is absolutely insane. And the burden of strength that we carry as Black women is real. It's real. And I, you can read about it. You can talk about it. You can hear about it. But until you actually sit in a room where you're with the highest executives in an organization and the stark contrast is not black and white anymore, it's black and white. And there is a true difference in the way you are leading your life that made it broke my heart. And I think that was the day when I was like, I'm no longer going to be pulled between my like my passions and my purpose and my health. I'm not going to do it. I'm no longer going to rush to get my baby from school and try to fit in soccer practice, a workout, dinner, all the things while taking calls and like freaking (laughs) facilitating meetings while I'm driving down the street. I ain't doing it no more. I'm just not. And when I looked at what I was, when I looked at the cost of that, the salary that I was making, although it was a six figure salary, I came home and told my husband, we talk about it a lot. If I gave this level of energy to my companies, if I gave this level of energy to my own clients or the people that I serve in my own businesses, I could make more than this money I'm making here and have to give less of myself. And I am no longer going to contribute to unhealthy Black women in the workplace. I ain't doing it. So I'm going to build companies where Black women can come to work. I just had a conversation with someone on my team. You need to come to work and work, but you need to prioritize based on your life. You don't need to prioritize based on the work. So this week, if you really for yourself want to get in for workouts, hang out at this new coffee shop that you just read about, go get these new shoes that you've been looking at for a long time and actually spend the time in the story that you want to. You want to hang out with your mom, hang out with your kids. If you want to do all of those things, plan those things into your schedule and then ask yourself, What do clients need from me? What does she can work need from me this week? Not what do I want to give it? What what does she can work need from me? What do clients need from me? That's how I'm going to plan my time. But I'm not about to try to do all the things I want to do in my life. I can get preachy here and do all of these things that I think are excellent, quote unquote, at work, but be killing myself to do it. We ain't doing that. (laughs) So that was a very long response, but I'm a, I, it is, there are specific strategies I had to do, specific steps I had to take. But at the end of the day, I tell people this all the time, the difference between your success or that thing you want to do and you actually doing it, like, or the, not the difference, but the um, kind of the step or the thing that needs to happen is you need to decide. And at the end of the day, I just decided, like, I'm a bet on me. I'm not going to bet on the company taking care of me. You can have great benefits, but you ain't taking care of me because I'm overusing the benefits because I'm killing myself. So I just, that's where I am. (laughs) Long response, but it's a decision point. I had, I had to get to a decision point. I had to decide and I stepped out similar to you and was like, I'm just, I'm going to do me now. And I'm not regretting a minute of it. You said so much in that response and I wish that I wrote it down because usually I'm good with my memory the first thing you said that stood out to me was the fact that you know we as black women don't prioritize we don't 
focus enough on our self-love, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it was very important for me to leave my nine to five was 30 years ago. I remember watching my mama. Mm-hmm. She was well overqualified. She had at that time, she had two master's degrees. She sat in a room that she was well overqualified for. She hated every second of it because she's she's an accountant by by trade. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was in like one of those big four companies that meant 12, 14 hour days. Mm-hmm. So she took a drill, the head of the accounts part department at the post office, just so that she can walk out at five o'clock and spend time with her children. So in one sense, I respect it. But when I was growing up, I remember questioning her almost every week. If you're this miserable, why? Why are you going into this place? Like, you can make like three times as much money. And, you know, I'm probably exaggerating, but you can make so much more money. Why are you there and miserable? And the thing that always stuck with me was the sacrifice part of it. Oh, this is the sacrifice I'm willing to make for my children because I want to be with my children. And I remember, because I'm a very much a nonconformist, right? I remember saying that will never be me, right? Fast forward 20 years, that's exactly where I was. Dealing with health problems, right? I had a nurse on my job once tell me I was a walking stroke victim. My pressure was so high. I was talking to um, another person that I interviewed and she was talking about going into work and having highs. I had highs breaking out and people thinking I'm crazy because I'm like, I don't even know why I'm got highs. I'm not allergic to anything, but it was the stress. The reason why I was willing to put that stress on myself is because of the social constructions that are there for Black women that we don't often talk about, right? The, I have to be a strong Black woman. I have to show up. Like I was conditioned from young. And listeners, I know you heard me say this a hundred times, but this is, I want to get this sunk in for you that from birth or from the time I started thinking about going into the workplace, my mother, my granny, my aunties, you go in, you work hard, you put your hair down, you grind. Mm -hmm. So that sacrifice was conditioned. I was conditioned for it going into it. Mm -hmm. Was I ready? Yes. So was I ready for it? No. But then you get in, right? And you mentioned you were too much. I'm too much. I call myself a self-contained hurricane. i got a big personality <laughs> that people cannot handle. And I'm going into a corporate environment after working in government for years, going into a corporate environment and having to put on this mask and having to turn it on. I wasn't happy with that. It made me feel uncomfortable. But I've got a good job. I've got an amazing job, actually. Um, but then that also came with problems, right? As a Black woman, I I worked in Lloyds of London, which is the oldest insurance institution in the world. There were not many of me. And I'm I'm a foreign Black woman, (laughs) right? Because I live in England. Foreign Black woman who has no problem asserting my authority. You give me some power, I'm taking it. And I'm riding it, right? So... (laughs) I remember being in a meeting and someone telling me, how do I have the audacity to tell them what to do? My contract gave it to me, you know? 
But you get to a point where, what is this all for? Why am I doing this? Why am I showing up every day, giving my all to prove that I should have a seat at the table, right? Even though I had the joke for years, to prove that I should have a seat at the table, building someone else's dream, making someone else money. Mm-hmm. And then I broke it down like that. It didn't make any sense to me. So I can relate to you wholeheartedly. The, I feel that we are conditioned as Black women to stay in these toxic environments because it's almost like, well, you're lucky to be there in the first place. Yeah. And that part is what I have a problem with. If I'm lucky to be here, let me take my luck and like you say it, battle myself. Mm-hmm. So you walked away. What did that look like for you? Because I know it wasn't just like, you know what? I'm going to write a letter <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to pack my bag and go. It was a lot of uh, push and pull. Like there was, um, I'm not going to, I wasn't one of the, I'm not going to act like I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then I was so bold and I just walked right away. It took me some time. Um, and I also went back and forth. So it took me, it took me a moment of like, I'm doing this. And then I said, I was doing this. And then I was like, well, because what I had convinced myself was, especially as an educator, I'm doing good work. And this is the work that God has called me to do. So I need to do this. This is my purpose. Education is my purpose. Um, And so I'm, I'm getting paid to actually live in my purpose. Like that's what I kept convincing myself. So I had to go back and forth. (laughs) So I went to my boss. I was like, I think I'm doing this. Um, And was very transparent about the companies I had started and then took a a promotion because I got another promotion, but realized though, I took a promotion and to get the same amount of pay for that promotion that somebody else was getting, I had to take on more. And I was like, wait, at first I had to fight for the promotion and I had to negotiate for it, even though I'm a consistent high performer, one of the highest performing with results to back it up, coming like people coming to me to guide them in positions higher than me, (laughs) managing a high performing team. But I had to negotiate (laughs) for a salary that didn't even meet the actual output that I was given. And then I had to take on more in order to keep it. And And then I was like, okay, wait, okay. That was another slap in the face where I was like, no, this is why you were stepping out in the first place. So then I had to like, I had to wrestle. It was the first time I had to wrestle with myself. It was the first time I had to wrestle with God. You said before, like, it was the first time you were obedient. I'm really obedient. Um, I was nine and a half years in the military. I don't do what other people tell me to do, but I do follow rules. And so I'm always like, okay, you know, is this the right thing to do? But I'm a rule follower by nature. So for me, I listen to God. When he says do something, I'm like, yep, okay. But this time I had to wrestle because like you said, we've been conditioned. I'm like, but I'm doing all the things I was, I I was told I was supposed to do since I was such a, 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 like, since I was a baby, you need to go to college. You need to get the best grades. You need to be the best in the room. You need to work to be the highest performing. When you see that other people are outperforming you as a black woman, you need to show up more. You press in, you lean in, you make sure they know what your value is. You make sure you speak up. I was doing all of the things. You should be having an impact. You should make sure people 
are taken care of. You should make sure that if someone needs you, you are showing up. I was doing all of that and trying so hard to be all of the things that I had learned you're supposed to be, to be a successful woman. But I was realizing that other people didn't have and other races of women didn't have those same expectations, qualifiers, like they weren't making the same level of sacrifice, but they were actually pay more than me, receiving more accolades than I was getting. And although I was being promoted, there was a point in my career where my people I was managing made more money than me. And it's not about it's not always about money, but that's a clear indicator <laughs> that the value that you feel like I bring you, you are, well, I'm sorry. The, it's a clear indicator that you are undervaluing me as a person while I'm bringing a lot of value to your organization. Boo. What are they saying on the internet now, right now? Tomato, tomato, tomato. We are not doing that. So I think the, I had to wrestle with like, this is what you are called to do. You are doing all of the things that you're supposed to be doing. And what you're saying you want to do is actually counter to what you've been raised to believe is your place in the world. And it was hard, but I had to, I had to, like I said, decide. I just had to like bet on myself. I had to convince myself. And it was, I'm talking about tears. I'm talking about like high anxiety. I had to convince a person who believes in herself a lot. was at a point where I was like, I don't know if I can actually do this. I know I can do this, but I don't know if I can do this. And I was walking away from a safety net. So I had been continuously promoted in a high um, position. I was, you know, had a salary with great benefits. I had all of the things externally. But like I said before, I was eating, I was torn up on the inside, physically ill. I was physically ill um, and watching my, my, health deteriorate, watching my weight go up, watching my like just joy diminish. And I was, I had to also tell myself, girl, you can have an impact on children and education without doing this. <laughs> like you can still walk in your purpose, but not be a victim of your circumstances. You can still like get a high paying job, but you can actually be the person who generates the income. Like you could do those things. And you can do it without the sacrifice of yourself that other people are requiring. And the other thing I think I had to resolve for myself is, I, like I said before, I don't want to contribute to the cycle because there were moments where I was leading a team and I'd be like, no, you're not doing that. You're not going to not go to your baby's doctor's appointment. You're not going to call me having conversations with me and trying to t- give me an update and also be sitting in the doctor's office while the doctor is waiting on you to talk to me so they can give you an update. No, that's crazy. You're not going to not take off work when your baby is having surgery. You're not going to come to work every day, literally passing out at work, walking in schools, passing out in the foyer, and not going to the doctor to take care of you. You're not doing that with me. But I was finding myself also a hypocrite in a lot of ways because they were seeing, they were watching me try to achieve this level of notoriety and all of these things while also trying to protect them. And it's like, girl, protect yourself. <laughs> I was taking off on weekends, but also knew that the demands of the job required my people to not take off on weekends. And so then I would be like, okay, well, y'all don't work on weekends, but I was still trying to balance like, 
but I know the expectations of this job are requiring you to do that. So it's almost like me telling you that is silly. You're it, it's now making it look like I'm saying one thing, but I'm actually living another. So I think I also had to like decide one, a part of my wrestling was don't perpetuate this. You can't perpetuate this. And so now my sacrifice is different. So before I was sacrificing of myself, trying to prove myself, trying to get notoriety, trying to be the best in the space, trying to like not disappoint all the black women around me. And now I'm going to build a company where I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm not going to sacrifice of myself to prove myself. I'm going to sacrifice of myself to build something new and to build something that I know we deserve. So when black women, white women, Asian women, it doesn't matter when women come and work for me and what come and work with me, the sacrifice that we are making is not a sacrifice of self. <laughs> it is, you got to sometimes sacrifice a little time. You got to mm-hmm. sacrifice a little money sometimes, but literally killing yourself. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I wrestle and that it, it looked like me going back and forth. It looked like me like changing my mind and then saying, no, 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 I'm gonna do it. But I remember the day and I told my boss I was going to leave. I simplified it. I didn't give any more rationale other than this is what I this is what I need to do and what I've decided I'm going to do. I didn't try to like I, I practiced for like a week, not making an excuse or not giving like qualifiers or not giving like, you know, that whole thing that people say, this is so hard for me because it actually wasn't that hard. <laughs> so I was like forcing myself like not don't tell no lies. Just make a decision, say the decision, move forward with the decision. So it took some time. It took me talking to my coach. It took me praying. It took me practicing. Like, do not go in there and preface this. So on that call, it's it, I had the phone call and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, that's the reason. I want to do this other thing. I'm going to work for myself. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And it was so simple. It was no longer this long drawn out conversation. It wasn't the back and forth. It wasn't the like, are you questioning this? And what I realized that my boss did for the first time was she didn't have anything else to say. And what she said to me was, it sounds like you've made a decision (laughs) versus. So what would you like? So what can we do to make this better? So what can we, because I didn't leave anything open. I just decided for myself and was bold enough to name it as what it was. And I don't think we do that enough. I think a lot of times we feel like we have to sugarcoat it. We have to like make other people feel good about our decisions. We have to make people feel like I'm not doing this to you, but I am doing it to you. I'm about to leave a gaping hole and on your team because what I have is going to be really hard for you to replace. And I'm not sorry um, <laughs> that I'm choosing myself, but I will help you prepare for what you may be able to do, what you may have to do in my absence. But I can't be sorry for it anymore because it's not my responsibility to be sorry for leaving a hole in the organization. I should be sorry when my children are not sure if I'm going to wake up the next day because mommy's been laying in the bed sick for two weeks. I should be sorry for that. I should be sorry because my husband hasn't like seen his wife for multiple weeks on a Saturday (laughs) because she's working at her office in the morning time. And then she's on the soccer field for the rest of the day trying to fulfill her responsibilities as a mother. And then she's coming to bed with her laptop. I should be sorry for that, but I should not be sorry that I walked away from a job, which literally you're going to post and hire somebody for. (laughs) I love it all. I love it all. You know, I used to manage a multinational team and I was very much like you. I used to tell the 
the people that worked under me, listen, you do not live to work. You work mm-hmm. to live. And it, there, there's a huge difference. Like family, personal stuff always comes first because the reality is you are contracted for eight hours a day. That's it. <laughs> How they think they can run your entire life you literally have to ask permission to go spend time with your children when they're out of school. And that never sat well with me. Mm-hmm. You also talked about not being apologetic. I remember writing my um, resignation letter. And like I said, I've, I've always worked from home in this organization. So 9, 9.25, I sent my manager an email. It was titled Resignation. In the middle, my resignation will be effective as of this date. Kind regards, Letitia. <laughs> Simple. And I did it right before I knew I was going to get on a 90-minute call. My cell phone blew up, but I wanted him to sit with it. And then I got on the phone with him eventually. It was this, he was rationalizing why I was walking away, Right. Is it COVID? No, it has nothing to do with COVID. I've been working from home forever. Like, this is my life. Matter of fact, I have a problem with the fact that now that everybody's here, I have to be on video all the time. But no, that's not why I'm walking away. And there was a moment, you know, I the lead up to my husband's like, you've got to be honest. You've got to tell them what, what, you know, why you're walking away. And, you know, initially I was like, it doesn't make sense. He's not going to hurt me. He hasn't hurt me for the last five years. When he asked me in that meeting that day, it was like, I don't know where the voice came from. I knew it was mine, but it all came out. And I just pretty much told him, listen, I'm just, I'm tired of you stressing me out. I'm mm-hmm. had enough. So I'm walking away. <laughs> you know, I wasn't necessarily honest about having a business on the side. So of course, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. I might go open up a cafe in Amsterdam. I don't know. <laughs> but I just don't want this stress anymore, right? So I, I applaud you choosing yourself, you choosing your hustle, because that is so important. So many of us, like you said, are sick. We stress ourselves out over someone else's dreams, someone else's vision, while other people make the money. <laughs> and here we are limiting ourselves. So once you work through those feelings and you resigned and you know you're you're working for yourself now you took a bet on yourself you're doing your thing what was that like for you first off it was liberating um that's an intentional choice because working in a working in an environment that is high demand for you is not always about it's not always external so there is it wasn't always like somebody was doing it to me (laughs) sometimes I was choosing it um, because I had been condi- conditioned to choose it because I had been taught to choose that life. Um, and so I also freed myself of myself. <laughs> I also freed myself of this, like, it was like, I remember one of my first therapy sessions after I was working for myself full time, when I like looked at my, well, it was virtual. So I like looked at my, <laughs> my therapist and she was like staring back at me and I had to like, she just wasn't saying anything to me. And I, I had this moment where I was like, what did I just say? And why is she not saying anything? And so she was staring at me for so long. I go, well, why, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> and she's like, because who is going to solve this for you? 
And the problem that I had just named was I was so busy. I was like, you know, I'm like so busy right now. And this is after I had left my job. And she helped me realize like, wait a minute, the conditioning doesn't go away because you're an entrepreneur. You now have to recondition. (laughs) So I still had to do the work of like, Tiara, you actually can create a schedule that works for you. You don't have to like wake up every single morning, get to the office and, and like start working immediately. But I was doing that. I was like getting up. And so <laughs> getting up, coming to my office, grabbing my coffee, getting my laptop set up, but nobody was requiring that of me. So the liber- I felt liberated and it looked like me then having to start reconditioning, like looking at my schedule and saying, what is, what does Tierra's day look like? And what are the things that I really want? Um, and I hadn't asked myself that before. There were things I had desired, um, but I always had to like figure out how to work it in. But now I was in a moment where I was like, I can, I can have desires and then I fulfill them. This is crazy. <laughs> um, and another thing my therapist said to me was, what don't you want? And I didn't want to be tired every day when my kids came home. I wanted to smile at them when they walked in the door. Like, be one of those moms. And I don't care how corny people think it is. I want to open the door when my son walks home and I want to open it and I want him to see my smile and I want him to see me looking at him in his face and I want to hug him and I don't want to be on the phone and going, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't want to be on a call and like quickly wave at him because I'm on this Zoom call. I didn't want to do that. I want to open the door. I wanted to pick up my my youngest have him get in the car with that car rider line. I wanted to greet his teacher and say, how was the day? And I wanted to talk to him about his day. So liberation was real for me. I think it also was, it was, girl, I forgot the question you asked me, but I also was feeling like, I'll tell you the other thing that it was, was true for me is I also had a huge responsibility not to make money. I was like, I, I got to make money because I had to replace my salary. <laughs> But I had a huge responsibility to like create a vision for myself and for my family and for my life. And I'm still I'm still fighting this. You know, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I had to create a vision that wasn't somebody else's ideal vision for my life. And that's hard. So I'm not going to sit here and tell people like, oh, now I'm like free and I have this like easy life and I'm like doing all the things I want because I was conditioned this way. (laughs) <laughs> so now I'm revisioning. Now I'm like, well, what do, what do we look like? What, what kind of family are we when mommy is not traveling and getting off a plane and picking you up and dropping you off? And our whole life is not about tactical, logistical exchanges of time. Our life now can be about conversations and space and room and being present. But I didn't have that growing up. And I never seen anybody who did that, particularly any Black women in my life. So I'm envisioning something that is innovative. (laughs) I'm creating something that like doesn't exist in my world or my reality. So I'm on this like new journey and trying to bring other women along with me around whether you stay at your job or not, you got to love yourself enough to take care of yourself. You got to love yourself enough to speak up because every time somebody tells me I don't have time to go get my nails done, I'm like, that's self-care. But the reason why you're not caring, quote unquote, for yourself is because you don't love yourself enough. You don't love who you are enough to say, I'm going to actually take care of my needs. You don't, you're not loving yourself enough to say, 
my physical body is more important than what other people want from me. You're not loving yourself enough to do what we do when we're in love with people. When you're in love with somebody, you sacrifice for them. You make time for them. You do extra stuff for them. You buy them little nice things. You write notes to them. You say words to them. We don't do that for ourselves. And so that's where I am now is like, whatever question you ask me, girl, this is where I am. I'm liberated, but also now innovating, re-envisioning, trying to be something different that nobody has modeled for me. There is not a coach that is helping me. My therapist is helping me day to day to do this, but I'm not, even for her, she left corporate America and is rebuilding and is trying to figure it out because as black women, that's not what none of us in our generation or the generations before generations before us have ever experienced life this way. Mm-hmm. None of I us have. It, you said so many things, right? <laughs> like, gosh, the first thing is about the sacrifice and the lack of self-love that we have. So like some of our listeners are probably going to be sitting here saying, Letitia, Tiara, girl, what are you talking about? I love myself. But again, it's about that conditioning, right? I watched my mama and I'm get, I always bring it back to my mama because that that was my guiding point, my, my, my guiding light, right? I watched my mama choose to walk around with heels in her shoes so that her children had, right? Those type of things becomes embedded in who we are. So as a mother now, I often have to battle with, I, I know that my mom is a good mama. So for me, what she did modeled what a good mother should look like. We're in, a, we're in another couple of decades now, right? And it doesn't have to look like that. So it's always going back to that conditioning and understanding why we do what we do. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we sacrificing? Why, as women, do we think, like you said, we have to, like, literally give all of us to the circumstances around us and we forget about ourselves, which is a big thing. The other thing that you mentioned was vision. Now, I'm a business coach. One of the things that I work on very, from the very beginning with my my clients is vision. I use a vibe system and the very first step is visualize because I we need to get clear on what it is that we're creating, right? You mentioned like I had to, you had to reconfigure what success looked like for you. And that creates stress for people. That create like, you know, um, so-and-so had this, I want a success and this is what it's got to look like in order for me to feel successful. That creates frustration, that creates overwhelm, that creates burnout for people. But if you can sit back and create a vision, what do you, what do you want the benefits of this business or the actions that you're taking to be? What does that mean for your relationships? What does it mean for your purse? What does it mean for your lifestyle? And getting clarity around that, because sometimes we're doing things that we don't actually want to do, right? (laughs) And moving in directions that we actually don't want to move in because of these social constructions that we have, these conditionings that we have, these visions or versions of success that we have had embedded in our psyche. And and being able to rewrite that as we step into full-time entrepreneurship is really important. You said Mm -hmm. something else that you're being innovative because, you know, the generations before us weren't in a position like we are today 
to really take life by the horns and, and take control, right? Because for so long, we have been out of control. Like, and I don't want to go back in history and like reap everything that's happened because it's physically impossible in the time that we have. But also, I just think it's important that we need to just start considering today and moving forward. Yes, mm-hmm. our parents, our grandparents didn't have the opportunities that we had. But we have them. And it's about us being courageous enough to take those opportunities and make them work for us. Being courageous enough to choose ourselves, to choose what it is that we want. Instead of just living life, doing what it is that we're expected to do, our dreams sit on the shelves, our joys sit on the shelf. And then we get to the end of life, which is a problem to me. You know, we work until we retire and then it's expected that this is when you actually start living your life. Well, guess what? I'm too damn old to do it then. My back hurts. I've got arthritis in my ankles and my knees. That's not joy for me. And what I want is for people to start creating the joy that they want in their life right now. We don't have to continue to sacrifice. And sacrifice isn't bad because when we're sacrificing for what we want, it definitely pays off. But the unnecessary sacrifice, the embedded sacrifice that has been there for generations and generations. That's what I want to see change. So I'm so happy that you brought that up. So you've given us a lot, you know, you've worked through your master that you can get to where you were. You've recreated your version of success. You've created what you want your relationships with your children to look like, how you're showing up. Now, what are you doing? You've got two businesses. Like, tell us about this. Like, shine, darling. Let us know what's happening in your world. (laughs) Yes, um, it is. It's amazing. The one thing I'll say before I shine is because I don't want us to miss this. It's not only what happened to us. It's also now one of the things that we're going to face is we have more opportunity, but you also have opportunities that you were told that you could not have before. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want us to miss it that when I decided to start my business, there were people who told me you can't do this. Like there were literally people who watch me be successful and watched, know my work, know my work ethic, know my abilities, know my intelligence, know all the things, and still told me, nah, I don't know. Like, you need to be careful. You need to keep your job on the back burner. You need to make sure you have a safety net, all that. And so I don't want us to miss it, that the fear that we're feeling about um, our, like, our ability to, like, really step out and be successful, some of that feeling is warranted because people have told us that you can't do that. So things that were off, what I want to tell, make sure people hear me say is what you just said, Letitia, not only did our parents and former generations not have the opportunities that we have, you as a person, now you have the opportunities, but now you have to make sure you remind yourself that you deserve to take them. You can take them. You have the resources, the smart, the brilliance, the space, the all of that, because there will be people who tell you that you can't. And people who keep reminding you of what Black women before you could and could not do. And you have to remember that those things are not true. And you have to tell yourself, you got to be your own cheerleader. Because you're not going to have a whole bunch of them unless you find you a community of them. Like people um, like me and Letitia who will cheer you on. So I I wanted to say that because all of the things I'm about to share, people literally told me that I could not do it. And boo for you because now I am. So... (laughs) 
For my coaching company, Lead With People, I transitioned that about two years ago away from kind of every coaching everybody to only coaching women. Um, and now this year, because I've started this other company, I have to like get it even more focused. So this year I'm excited. You are the first person to know this, Letitia, and the people who are listening to us are the first people to know this. Um, but I am starting what is called, um, unyoked. So I'm starting a coaching, I mean, a, um, a community for women, for Black women who have said, I no longer want to be a strong Black woman, one word, which is all about the burden of strength, all about sacrificing of yourself. I now want to be a strong Black woman. Those are things that, those are characteristics. That is not an identity. And so you now want to be a woman who, we. I want this community to be filled with women who, like you and I have said, I don't need somebody else to tell me who I can be. I can actually be high performing and I can also be self-loving. I actually can be um, a cheerleader for myself and I can cheer on black women. I actually can be led and um, learned <laughs> by black women. And I actually can be successful right along with them and because of them. And so Unyoked will be a community that I'm starting uh, from my, through my coaching practice that is really about um, helping black women thrive, whether they're an entrepreneur or in corporate America or whatever. Um, and learn. And so we'll have coaches, therapists um, in that group that will like lead our women through what may be a transformation or transition for you, or maybe helping you like me um, live in this new way. <laughs> um, and then we'll also offer um, group coaching and learning opportunities so that you can be a stronger leader. So that's what I'm doing with Lead With People. And I'm super excited about that because that's a transition, but it's also bold because somebody told me you should not have a coaching practice that only focuses on black women. That's niche down too much. And I was like, boo for you, because there's more of us sitting in these leadership positions. So more of us are going to be successful and we're not going to kill ourselves. So boo for you. Um, I was told the <laughs> so same that. thing. I was told the same thing. I, w- one of my friends said to me, it's, it's amazing that you're trying to help us, but we're not going to pay you. So don't waste your time. And I said, you know, that's what I want to explore. Our relationship with money is what keeps us back. So let's talk about it. And I can't talk about it unless I'm standing in front of you serving you. How can we find you online? This is how you can find me. So you can find me a lot of ways, but where I want you to go is go to shecanwork.org. I want you to actually, to your point, know that you can actually make, save, and invest more money as a woman. You can do that and get the education you need, like all the learning experiences, but you can also join a community where women are going to champion you and there's experts in there who are showing up for you every single day. So www.shecanwork.org is where I'm playing a lot right now in our in our private community. You can also follow me on Instagram at shecanwork. And you can follow me on Instagram at Tierra underscore Abu. I don't play on Instagram at Tierra underscore Abu, but I'm always in those DMs. So you won't see me posting a lot there, but I am messaging and communicating there. Um, and what I'll also say is today on this podcast, um, I'm also going to give a code. So y'all ready for this code already? Cause this is, this is for you specifically for she can work because I believe that every woman should have access to not only the knowledge, but also the community. I'm going to get 50% off of our annual tuition plan specifically for this community. And you're going to use the code boss up, boss up. 
boss up that's the coupon code to get 50 percent off at www.shecanwork.org for our annual tuition plan which means you're investing 210 dollars and literally surrounding yourself with women who are going to help you boss up your money make more save more and invest more money so I can't wait to see you all in our community. I am blessed to have been here today. This conversation has fueled me for the rest of my day because it is daytime where I am um, recording this. And I'm going to go off into this day with a lot of Black girl magic in my heart. <laughs> yes, sparkle darlings too. Everything that Tiara said will be in the show notes. Boss up and get in that course. Yes, this is about really elevating yourself. Listen, we covered so much in this time. I wish we can go on longer. I'm definitely going to have you back because I love your energy and I love what you say. And there's so many things that I wanted to dig in a little deeper with. So listeners, make sure you connect with Tiara. Thank you again for joining another amazing episode. And do not forget to walk as if every step you take is about to make an avalanche because boo, you are here to change the world. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Choosing Her Hustle. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to press the subscribe button. If you want to join in the conversation, follow me on Instagram at Choosing Her Hustle Podcast, where I'll be going live every Thursday to dig a little deeper into this week's episode. So make sure you bring your questions and comments and join our amazing community if you want to support us share 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 and make sure to leave us a rating and review see you next week